Welcome to Homeschooling Free from Fear. I am Caleb Schrader. And I'm Leah Schrader. And we are together to share with you our homeschool journey and to encourage you to engage with culture as you homeschool your children without any fear. And, and we're telling you our story as we sort of introduce our podcast here. Um, in our last episode, I went through my upbringing, my experience growing up as a, as a homeschooler in the 1980s. And today I'm going to talk to my wife, Leah, about her experience homeschooling. Now, Leah's not a pure homeschooler like I am. See, I, I was homeschooled K through 12. The very first time I set foot in a classroom was in college, but she actually went to public school kindergarten. So share, share with us how your parents um, saw the light, how they realized um, public school was not the answer and they transitioned from public school to homeschool for you. All right, so um, back going all the way back to kindergarten, I did go to public school. My parents were both first-generation Christians. They had just um, met and married a few years within a few years of becoming Christians, and they didn't think of anything, any other alternative besides public school. So they enrolled me in public school. I was a young, I was a four-year-old kindergartner, and my kindergarten experience was actually really excellent from what my parents could tell. I had a believer as a, as a teacher, and she was a seasoned teacher, and she was wonderful. I still remember her to this day. Um, but then fast forward to first grade, and I had a teacher who was really antagonistic to Christian things. She was, she was not interested. My mom would bring things in about, um, you know, uh, about Christmas and what the true meaning of Christmas was, and my mom tried to be involved in the class. And she just was very hardened to that and um, made that clear. And again, this was the 1980s, and so that wasn't as unusual for that to be allowed into a classroom um, at that time. And so my mom um, started to be concerned about this. Um, I also started to, um, they, they put me on, into a group with a whole bunch of kids who didn't speak any English. And... Um, we live in Southern California. There were a lot of, my classroom was a mixed classroom. There were a lot of kids that didn't speak English. And my teacher's plan was to kind of have me as a higher reader at that time, help the kids who didn't speak English. And it kind of squelched my spirit. I just felt alone because I couldn't talk to my classmates who were at my table. And um, my parents saw that. They saw that I used to be really interested in, you know, um, what I was doing at school, and I kind of got dejected from that experience. And so they started, it just got them thinking, like, what would be best for me? And so they decided at one point, um, one friend, only one that they knew, um, was homeschooling. And so I remember I, my mom pulled me out of school one day, and we went over to their house and we got to see what school was like. And I loved it because I felt like it was like playing school. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in those days, um, you know, lots of homeschool parents were kind of just figuring out what homeschooling looked like. And so this school, this homeschool looked a lot like a public school classroom brought home. You know, they mm -hmm. did the pledges and they had things very like 
very orderly. So anyway, at the semester, my mom and dad decided to bring me home and homeschool me. And actually, um, they, they tried to replicate a public school classroom. I remember that the first day, my maiden name is Catermol, and the first day of, of school, my mom said, okay, during school hours, you're gonna call me Mrs. Catermol. <laughs> <laughs> um, I probably don't need to say that that didn't even last more than one day. <laughs> so, But we did start with the pledge, and we did things just the way that my mom, as somebody who'd gone through public school, was taught, and she didn't really know any other way, and so that's what we did at the start. So. That's how I started. Yeah, and you know, a lot of a lot of families, if, if you're new to homeschooling and you're just coming into it, you might think, well, well, what's wrong with that? You know, what shouldn't we just try to replicate what they're doing in public school, but we're doing it at home and we're doing it better. The, the whole point of homeschooling is that public schooling is broken and we can do it so much better at home. Um, and so sometimes trying to, to replicate a broken product is you keep all of its problems when you bring them home. Um, and so that's, that's one of the reasons it's not helpful to try to educate at home the same way it happens in the classroom. Yeah. In the classroom, you're tied to a curriculum. You can't let kids explore. You can't let them pursue their passions. Um, so and, and you can sometimes, kids can get squelched like I was feeling squelched at that time. And, and really, my parents were recognizing, they were on the beginning of their journey of recognizing that maybe education could be a little bit more um, personalized than what the teacher of my first grade class really wanted to provide. She wanted, she wanted what was good for the entire class and it didn't really matter to her what was best for me in the midst of that. And I think that that's a huge difference between public school mindset and homeschool mindset. And um, I think my parents were on the beginning of learning that. Well, one of the interesting things about the difference in our backgrounds um, was our parents' confidence and their own educational prowess. Mm. Um, my dad did not lack confidence at all. He mm -hmm. was certain that what he was doing was working, um, that he was going to be able to educate us better than we could get in public schools. I can remember as a child being very fearful, being afraid that my peers were maybe learning things I, I wasn't, but my dad was not afraid of that at all. However, I, I know that your mom really sort of struggled um, with that fear of what if what if I'm not doing it right? What if I'm not keeping up? Yeah. Share with us a little bit about how um, how your mom sort of had to overcome those fears in her homeschool journey. Well, I'll say first that I also shared that experience of not being sure um, if I would be good enough. Um, I I want to go back a little bit because when my parents told my grandparents that they were going to pull me out of school and homeschool my both sides of my grandparents were very upset and really thought that my parents were going to do damage. They immediately asked the socialization question, um, but they were also very, very concerned. And so um, my parents were kind of going against the flow in a lot more ways than homeschoolers have to go now um, to homeschool me. Um, but also the other thing that would happen to me real pretty regularly um, is I would get quizzed by random people <laughs> to see if this homeschooling thing was worth it. And this, the hard part about this quiz is it just was arbitrary. Whatever they decided was important for me to know, that's what they'd quiz me on. Yeah. So I remember my great uncle, my mom's, great, my mom's uncle was um, 
he was a public school teacher, a high school math teacher. And I, our chemistry maybe. Anyway, he, I was in junior high and he was quizzing me on whether I understood what X stood for and things like that. And I just remember being very intimidated that he was like trying to put me to the test because I already knew he didn't agree with homeschooling. And so it made me feel like I was not, um, not sure, not certain. Um, and then other people too, like my, my aunts would show off their kids' ability to recite, you know, the states and capitals. And um, that sort of made me feel a little bit intimidated too. And I think honestly, I was feeling that intimidation, but my mom sometimes was too. Mm. Um, my dad was uh, not as confident as your dad, but my dad was confident that we could learn and that um, homeschooling would be a good atmosphere for us to do that in. And so he really kind of encouraged my mom and helped her to, along the way. But yeah, my mom, she, she, there were times where she struggled with whether or not, um, whether or not she was enough to homeschool. And she also just had a, she had a high school education. She didn't go to college after that. Um, and that, that made her nervous. Um, and then, but really, um, when I'm looking back on it, I think that my parents gave me a tremendous gift. Um, and I think some of what they gave me is just time and ability to really learn what was interesting to me. And I don't think they did that in the same way your parents did exactly, but I'm really, really grateful for that gift. Hmm. So. So your, uh, your grandparents were worried about your socialization. Yes. Ironically, um, you were in a classroom where you couldn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Um, and you found plenty of, of outlets um, for conversation growing up for a socialization. Mm -hmm. um, so share with us a little bit about how your parents um, maintained sort of connection with the culture at large, despite pulling you out of public school, maintain those opportunities for you to grow in your ability to interact with other people. Yeah. So... Um, I think almost immediately after we began homeschooling, we started to be a part of a homeschool co-op, a homeschool day where we would go and meet with other families that were homeschooling on a ranch. And um, I remember, you know, me and some friends started a newspaper immediately. We were in, we had a Spanish class. One mom who knew Spanish was teaching all the kids Spanish. And so, Basically, throughout most of my homeschooling, there was something like that, whether it was a group meeting or for educational purposes there, or whether it was um, like we had a PE group that met once or twice a week at the park. Um, there was always something like that. And then we were also very involved in church, so things like Awana and um, other kids' activities were a regular part of our life. And so we weren't, we didn't lack for socialization at all. Um, we were busy with people all the time. In fact, I remember when, at one point during my childhood, my parents realized we had something scheduled every single night of the week, and they kind of realized maybe this was a little bit too much. <laughs> so, oh, I was also involved in 4-H. That was another thing that we were involved in, and that was, you know, interacting with kids who were not just homeschooled. Of course, at church, we were interacting with kids who were not just homeschooled. So we got lots of opportunity to interact with people from different walks of life and different schooling options. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about your 
transition from high school to college. Um, you actually eventually went to college on a scholarship, an athletic scholarship. Mm -hmm. um, and that started with um, homeschooling in high school through a local private Christian school that had mm -hmm. a homeschool program that allowed you to compete um, on their cross-country team. Yeah. Um, so Leah and I grew up together. We met when we were 10 years old. Yep. Um, went to church from the time we were 11 years old until now. Um, went mm -hmm. to the church that I'm the pastor of now. Um, and we ran cross-country in high school together. But share a little bit about um, your high school experience and how that helped prepare you for college. Yeah, so um, high school was... Uh, the cross country running cross country was a wonderful part of my high school experience. I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I oh, I did take another high school class at a local high school. It was like a, um, oh, I can't remember what they're called. It was an ROP class. Yeah, an ROP class mm -hmm. for um, technology. So I remember getting to take a picture with one of the first digital cameras. <laughs> I was so excited. I thought that was so cool. And it was terrible quality um, yep. compared to what we have now. But anyway, I learned how to do um, you know, some different word processing and different things like that on a computer in that class. So that was, that was something that was just a part of my education. I also had a job um, throughout high school. And um, I really... I. I tended to be a pretty motivated kid, and so um, I just wanted to be doing things, and my parents made opportunity for me to do things like have a job and um, do a sport, and just found, I would find different like entrepreneurial ventures as a young person. And then um, from there, I went to a community college um, and I was not a very great runner when I was in high school, um, but then as I kept working at it, um, cross country is one of those sports that you can improve in. And so I had a very excellent coach in college who helped me to really hone my running and worked me quite hard. And that was the first time, you know, I'm in a private, I mean, I'm in a public college where I'm really in the mix with all kinds of people who are from different backgrounds. And so that was kind of an eye-opening time for me. Uh, you mentioned in your interview that um, you were surprised when things were just kind of told to you for what you were supposed to learn. And, and that was true for me too. I had done a lot of self-paced um, self learning in my high school years I had had to dig into my math book myself a lot I didn't my parents would sit down with me but it would take them half an hour to figure out where I was at um, where I think with your dad he was a little bit more like he, he was more abreast with what you would be learning being a high school teacher himself since my parents weren't there um, it took them a little bit more time sometimes and so I had to do a lot of figuring out my own things um, and my parents checked in with me and they, you know, graded my tests and things like that. But it wasn't, um, I was, I felt like I had to do a lot of work and a lot of digging to learn my content. And then when I got to college, it was really shocking to me actually how it was really handed over to me, the content was, and it wasn't, it wasn't difficult to learn it. It felt 
a lot easier than I expected, a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So that was quite a blessing when I got to college and I found, for the first time in my life really, I realized, oh, I'm not behind all these people. I'm actually doing okay. Yeah. And it was very it was very encouraging and confidence building to me to realize, oh, like what I'd been doing in school all that time, even though it didn't look like what public school kids did, was actually providing me something that the tools I needed to learn for the rest of my education and beyond. So Yeah. And um, when we were in college, my, my wife and I are the same age and I have a brother who's a year younger than me. And all three of us were going to community college at the same time. Mm -hmm. And all three of us were supplemental instructors. We were working yeah. for different professors, um, sort of offering extra tutoring after their class to all the other students. Yeah. Um, and that resulted in lots of opportunities for, for tutoring. Um, as homeschoolers, uh, I'm the third of nine, you're the first of six. And so mm -hmm. we had opportunities to help our younger siblings. And that automatically translated into skills that actually helped us pay the way through college. Yeah. Um, so you you go to the junior college for two years, um, and then you got a scholarship to go to yeah. the master's college, which mm -hmm. is now the master's university, mm -hmm. um, and and run cross country for them. Mm -hmm. And you were you were an education major there. Yeah. Um, and we got married between our junior and senior year of college. Yeah. Um, I was 21. You were just 20 years old. Mm -hmm. um, just a baby. <laughs> and when we got married, and um, and I can remember our senior year, um, we're newlyweds, and your your senior year class load was crazy. Um, I was going to a public university, you going in the masters. I remember your last semester, you had over 20 units, I think, you had to complete. In I your think it was semester. 23 yeah. in the last semester. Um, and like you were literally losing your mind sometimes. Um, <laughs> and I remember we, we, were, we were living in this little studio apartment on this mm -hmm. property, um, and there was a homeschool mom on that property who saw us, you know, and you'd go and visit her. And, and she saw, like, all the craziness that you were doing to get your college education. And she, she knew that we wanted to have a family. She knew you wanted to be a homeschool mom. And, and I can remember her asking you um, to tell her in the future if you thought that degree was worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now it's, uh, you know, been almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, was it worth it? Was it worth it for you as a homeschool mom to go and get that four-year degree? So I have to be careful about how I answer this question because <laughs> home, homeschool moms are full of uh, mom guilt. But <laughs> I, uh, for me and my journey, I'm really, really thankful that I was able to get my degree. Um, and I think that it has been a tool that has helped me, and I'm thankful for it. Um, I think it has aided my family, but I don't think you have to have a degree to be able to homeschool your children well. And I, I think that um, I love education. And so, you know, when our children are old, older and when they're all grown up, you know, there, there could be a way I could see myself using my degree to go, to, to go and do more education stuff. Um, because I do really enjoy it. But I don't think um, that that needs to be every homeschooling mom's journey. I think that um, it was it was my way, but it doesn't necessarily have mm. to be everybody's. I think like what you said in the last episode about um, about reasoning and about reading, I think that you know there are ways that I further developed reasoning and reading through my college education. 
Um, but I don't think I had to go through college to be able to do that. I think I could have done that another way. Um, I'm thankful for the way that I did it, but I could have done it in, in other ways too. Yeah. So I think the most important question to ask about your college education experience is, did it feed your love of learning? Mm, that's interesting. I do think that I already loved learning, and so my college education fed into my already love of learning. I think that is one of the really wonderful gifts that my parents gave me. And I'd say both my mom and my dad, but my dad really had a focus on, he loved Socratic reasoning. That's how he taught Bible mm. studies. That's how he interacted with us on a daily basis. He didn't know about classical education at all at that time, but that's what he did naturally. Mm -hmm. And so um, I think he helped to feed that in me as a child. And I actually think that even my grandparents fed into my love of learning in different aspects too. Um, I had one grandma who loved being outdoors in nature and teaching us all the things that we could see and you know identify and I had another grandma who loved to like build things and so she would teach us so we had time to be with those mm -hmm. grandmothers because we were homeschooled and to learn those things from them and I don't know that I would have had as much time but anyway coming back to what you were saying though um, yeah I think that my college education in most ways did feed my love of learning. I did find, I was a voracious reader as a kid. Um, I would usually read like three or four books a week at least. Um, and in my college years when I had tons of assigned reading, I stopped reading for the fun of it, for the pleasure of it. And uh, that's actually something Sarah McKenzie talks about a lot in her blog um, and podcast, Real Loud Revival. She talks about how you can squelch a love of learning by having too much assigned learning. And I do think that there is a way that happened to me in college, but I recovered mm -hmm. because the, the, the deep-rooted love of learning was already there for me. Yeah. So. Well, what, what I can attest to is that throughout our married life, um, you've shared with me things that you learned from certain professors. Mm -hmm. And there's certain professors that stand out, you yeah. know? And I can remember you coming home from class and like, um, I remember you had a, an English class um, where you guys were um, reading. Uh, do you remember the professor you had in there? Dr. Suzuki. Dr. And Suzuki, yeah. And you would come and home, you would come home and talk to me about these lectures and I was just fascinated, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I think that one, one of the reasons I asked that question is because as parents, Raising daughters, we have four daughters, and so one of the mm -hmm. questions is, you know, our what's our goal? Is our goal to prepare them to go to college? Is our goal to prepare them to be moms? You know, to be able to take care of a household. What's what's yeah. our goal? Yeah. Our goal is to give them a passion for learning mm -hmm. and the tools to figure anything out. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so college might be part of that. College could squelch it, and this is one of the reasons it's so important to talk to other homeschool parents, you know, find out does this university have good professors? Yeah. And, and good professors are professors who inspire a level Absolutely. of learning and come yeah. alongside you. And so that, that could be phenomenal. But then another issue in this modern age is it costs an immense amount of money to go to college these mm -hmm. days. And pretty much everything you're learning there, a homeschooler could learn for free at the public library. <laughs> um, and so the, the place of that um, is really, it's valuable if you're not having to pay, uh, go into debt so much that you're gonna spend the rest of your life 
catching up. And so those are those are considerations for parents as as they're raised because that's that's one of the things we want to speak to is not just like um, neither one of us had a mother who went to college, mm-hmm. you know, and we were we turned out fine. We had a love of learning. So the question we want to ask is how do we inspire that love of learning? Mm-hmm. And something I want to emphasize in in all of our podcasts is that what kills the love of learning is fear. Mm-hmm. Scripture tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're able to really have the love of God filling our hearts, we're going to be passionate people. And we're going to be passionate in anything that God gives us to do. Whatever we do, whether we eat or drink or homeschool, mm-hmm. whatever we're doing, doing it heartily to the Lord, that makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. When you're engaging passionately with your subject matter, with your children, mm-hmm. that's what gives them the opportunity to learn free from fear. Yeah. And one, one of the things I love is how often cognitive science backs up what it says in Scripture. Mm. Those, those, that fear that children have, that fear that they catch from their parents, it actually puts blockers in that prevents them from learning. Mm. When your brain has a fear response, it it does the opposite of priming your mind hmm. to learn. It's really hard to remember um, what you're trying to learn if you're having fear. That's one of the things I had to overcome in the public schools teaching math because as soon as my students walk in my, my room, first thing they feel is fear mm-hmm. because there's a fear of mathematics. And we'll be talking about that in future episodes, how to yeah. conquer that fear. Yeah. Um, so, And I think every, every homeschool mom, like I was mentioning, mom guilt, but there's also moments of fear for many of us and just like I said my mom had moments of fear but I think what she cultivated most was um, the moments of learning Mm -hmm. and and there were lots of ways she did that and my dad did that but I would say that um, if you've had moments of fear it doesn't mean that you're ruining your kid but it's really by what we're characterized by what are we what are we characterized by that that's going to define us? Yeah. So, And our, our hope is that we can encourage our listeners to be people who are characterized as fearless homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're not afraid of, of the culture. They're not afraid of the world that surrounds them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not afraid of people in the public schools or the private schools getting ahead of their kids. They're not afraid of their kids being ready. They're fearless in their homeschooling because they know that this works and we're we're here to be a testament that it does work mm-hmm. and we're here to share with you just our own journey so you can glean from it and see how it could work for you so thank you so much for listening to us today homeschool fearlessly <laughs>